obedient and to sense and hear your voice and your spirit as what you're calling us to do. Lord, to invest financially into your church. Jesus, you are the head of this church. And you've called us to make an impact in our own lives and the world around us. And through this giving, we can be confident that the needs are met here, even independently in our families, in our house, but even greater beyond what we'll never touch or maybe even see, the lives around the world through the missions that we're giving to monthly, faithfully, to help build your kingdom and share the love of Christ. And we just thank you for that opportunity as we continue to do, continue to provide our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you. Join Colton Dixon and Jordan Feliz for the Love and Light Tour. Sponsored by Compassion International. You don't want to miss this powerful evening. Filled with live music. Featuring the greatest hits and new songs from Colton Dixon and Jordan Feliz. The Love and Light Tour. Coming to a city near you. Tickets available now at ColtonDixon.com and JordanFeliz.com. What's up, Massachusetts? I'm Colton Dixon. My buddy Jordan Felice and I are coming to Seekonk on March the 14th on the Love and Light Tour. Be sure to grab your tickets and we'll see you there. Seekonk, Massachusetts, it's me, Jordan Felice. Y'all, I'm so excited because my buddy Colton Dixon and I are heading your way on the Love and Light Tour. We're going to be in your city on March 14th. Go grab your tickets right now at jordanfelice.com or coltondixon.com and we'll see you there. Awesome. You can tell they're not locals saying y'all, y'all, y'all. So why do we do concerts, Pastor Chris? I know you're not asking, but maybe you are. Who knows? Because it is a lot of work uh, to do these, just resources and, and time and the concert team that we're asking for. And there is some financial uh, investment into it to some degree. Uh, we feel that, and we've been doing it for years, uh, we're, we're, we're very specific of what type of concerts we bring in here. It is not just to entertain. You can do that downtown, somewhere else, and pay a lot more money to get entertained. Uh, but we believe it's, 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 God has created music to be quite an amazing tool. Such an amazing tool, a guy named Satan, or whatever, a being named Satan, thought it was all-powerful and almighty, and... God reminded him who created music and shot him out of heaven. So music is a very powerful tool. It's in our culture. It's in our personal lives. And we believe bringing good Christian music uh, to this area. We've been blessed with the great sanctuary, as you know, uh, makes it available. So that's one reason. Uh, you know, we have uh, K-Love that plays music. We have The Message that plays music. Uh, we hope you're listening to one of those and not some other station. I mean, it's nice occasionally. I, I'm guilty of that too. But, but, what you, but music is imparting something into you when you're listening to it and creates an attitude. That's a whole other message. But um, So just we want to encourage you. We do these things. Another reason why we do concerts is imagine if you invited somebody that doesn't want to normally come to a Sunday service, but maybe they'll come out to hear some good music. We've heard testimony after testimony of people who have done that, invited their friends or family, and that God spoke to that individual that had never walked into a church before or was in a church and maybe was hurt before. Uh, so it's a great tool why we do this. 
uh, part of our ministry, and we appreciate you coming alongside of that in any way. God speaks to you as well. Just a few uh, housekeeping things, and one that's not housekeeping, but uh, one is a Wednesday night service. There are rumors that uh, this Wednesday is the last live stream Wednesday night service. It's not a rumor, it's real. Well, I announced this a few weeks ago because in the last almost two years, and even with Pastor John, we've just been feeling in the pastoral team, if I can share my heart in this, because I just don't want to give you reasons. Hey, we're doing it, you know. Show the heart behind it. Um, And I think I shared this on Wednesday night a few weeks ago. The Holy Spirit coming in on Wednesday night, I really was sensing in my dad too and other pastors, we got to stop making it another service. So what does that mean? Well, we've been praying that out and exploring that almost the last year and a half to two years. Uh, we, don't, we don't do essentially music worship at the beginning of Wednesday night service. Uh, that was one change up. And uh, we really feel the next big step is not to do live streaming. This, I don't want this to sound arrogant. I think you know my heart by now. I'm willing to risk those watching online for the Holy Spirit to move who's in front of us right there. I'm willing to risk that because I really believe God, He wants to do great things here on a Sunday and He is doing, but there's just something ready to move on a Wednesday night that when we have cameras and we just have things we have to think about, we may begin to formulate a schedule that the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to formulate. What do you mean? Well, maybe one of us pastors has an amazing message to preach Wednesday night. We've polished it up. Looks great. I'm ready to go. And then the Holy Spirit says, we're praying tonight. We're going to worship tonight. We're going to do something different tonight. Well, then we got to be prepared to do that. And we're getting there. So keep that in prayer. It's a big change, but I think it's a good change. I did remind some people that we didn't live stream up until 2018 or 19 before COVID. Uh, But I really think the Holy Spirit wants to create an intimacy here on a Wednesday night. This is not to get you to come out if you haven't been coming out. If God leads you to do that, that's fine, and you'll be a great byproduct of that. But this is to work with what is here already and nurture it and begin to see the Holy Spirit and power and might and transforming lives that night and doing whatever he's calling us to do. My, my word of the last year and this year, it may just be for a season. I don't know. But I know we need to start it. So I appreciate that. We will be doing a, 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 wins, uh, excuse me, a week, midweek message. Is that what we're calling it? Midweek message. So on Wednesday night, there is going to be a message put on social media and all our outlets that we use in the app, uh, 10 to 15 minutes of most likely whoever's speaking that night will be going over a message in that video. So you will be getting something if you can't come out. Amen? So that's what we're doing. Uh, Gordon, wonderful message over Wednesday, consuming fire, just so powerful. To, to I appreciate him ministering, yes. And then, so just, if you haven't heard that message, take the time to listen to it. 
we may get into, it's interesting, some of the scriptures in Hebrews, we may get into a little bit that today too uh, as well. But just, uh, but stay faithful to listen to the teaching that's coming out. Even if there's new Netflix series on. Stay faithful. I just say that because I'm human too. I'll get that way some. But just stay faithful, you know. Part of where we're going is we're, we're learning to know God more in 2000, thank you, in 2024. And part of what we're beginning to talk about more is there's a process to that that God has designed that's foolproof that we need to lean into. And it's called discipleship, which is a good word. And that's what we're going to be learning and going through more in the months ahead as well, too. Another thing I wanted to mention, it is Black History Month. Amen? I wanted to, I wanted to talk about a, a person, and, and we could talk about this person 12 months out of the year. It doesn't have to be in February. But I want to be sensitive to it in the sense that, I mean, over the last few years, I've read more into uh, Frederick Douglass just amazing and the, and the word that comes out when I read a lot about his journey you know a, a man who who was writing to learn his vocabulary on fences and walls and the, 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 the housing they had while he was a slave to now writing full sentences in a newspaper years later that impacted a nation when he owned a newspaper from here to here, escaping slavery to here, the word conviction comes up. He was convicted. Convicted what needed to be done that was wrong to be done right. Conviction. And even with, who knows, without him getting the influence and ear of President Abraham Lincoln if we would have maybe had a civil war too <laughs> if they, he didn't Abraham Lincoln didn't listen to get listen to him to some degree of saying president lincoln this is about slavery too and unity you want unity in the union i'm not going into a history lesson now i could but to some degree but he had president abraham lincoln's ear that helped focus in and i think those were god orchestrated moments to say you can't have one without the other. They need to come together and fight this war. And we can be so appreciative of Frederick Douglass. On and on, the things, the accomplishments he did in his journey of becoming a man who was convicted to do what God was calling him to do. Amazing. That same word, conviction, as Christ followers... should lead us every day to bring the light to a dying world. No matter where you were, he was in slavery. And God orchestrated his life up. You may never know where to find the book of Genesis sometimes, but God will use you where you are. Conviction. Conviction. Amen? All right, we are going to get into the message today. Thank you, Pastor Ray. 
So we're continuing the blessed life. Pastor Ray did such an amazing job last week. Can we give him a hand? He's still on stage. We can give him. Yeah. And this blessed life, as, as Pastor Ray mentioned too, comes, comes out of a combination of, of Robert Morris, pastor of Gateway Church. Uh, he wrote a series called Blessed Life, which is amazing. Over the years, Pastor John has, has gone through it and showcased us. And just when I was talking to Pastor Ray a few months ago, I said, why don't you and I just kind of listen to the Holy Spirit? Again, what Robert Morris has done doesn't need to be amplified. or, or what, I mean, It's great. But then we wanted to bring in kind of our FCC to it, if that makes sense, seasoning to where we are. And I think this is hopefully beneficial to each and every one of us. Uh, this is not a message to raise your giving, as he said last week. But I would say it's to raise your awareness of that everything goes back to the heart. Amen? Amen. Pastor Ray spoke last week about, you know, it is a heart issue, the heart of a giver, the test of a giver, the priority of a giver. These were points that he had uh, last week. And it all comes, even in our song, back to the heart of worship, everything is, comes back to the heart of things. If all you hear from last Sunday and this Sunday is, we want your money, you're not hearing it with your heart. <laughs> so, can you put that up, that truth? I try and have these anchor truths sometimes in these messages, and I just, I was praying this morning, and this kind of, boom, came out on an iPad, and let's see what it... Let's all read it for the second time. Me, second time, you for the first time, and see if this makes sense. But this is kind of what I, I feel the blessed life is for me. I think it's an ongoing life where, life where tr- we trust in God. Boy, I didn't even edit it this early morning. An ongoing life where trusting God and His trust in us. We, we need to, as Christ followers, understand there is a, I won't even say two-way street because it's God's street. He owns it. But there's a privilege and an opportunity that when we trust God, He begins to trust us. And when you really begin to understand that and see the opportunity in your life and then benefit it in your life, you're at a higher level of, of living the way God's designed. And it goes on. And his trust in us produces an Eden-like environment. Eden, the original intent and design of God. Think about it. God met with his creation, Adam and Eve. Like I am, I mean, there was a physical and a spiritual mixture of that. He was in Eden. God was in Eden. The blessings of Eden were all around Adam and Eve. And God wants to bring that back to some degree in our life. You guys don't believe that. I ain't getting an amen. And, and through us, a wholeness, so blessed life, a wholeness that grows by blessing God and God blessing His creation. In yellow, what's the word? Life and trust. The benefits in your life come, the, come into the things that you trust in your life. So important. 
We live in a world that is, uh, I have another message on trust coming down the pike at some point, but we live in a world that, that has a new version of trust. And it usually matches the attention span. But this blessed life is, is, a, is, is us blessing God and him blessing us. And then creating a, a wholeness in our lives that God blesses in us and then he works through us to bless others. Amen? Amen. If it gets clogged and you're just getting all the blessing, that won't last too long. You'll get frustrated. You will not walk into what God's full purpose is for your life. And you'll become more of a consumer of Christianity than a follower of Christ who cultivates a life of Christianity. So important. So we want to get into the blessed life, and we believe we can, fin- yeah, I think we can finish this today. It's a lot to unpack, and I know Pastor Ray had to rush through this too, um, as well. And again, I'm going to go through some of Robert Morris's uh, things that he's built in his series. These three points are from Robert Morris, and I did want to build upon them. So three main things we're going to talk about today. Pastor Chris, what are they? Hang on. <laughs> The spirit of mammon. The question, am I generous? Don't leave yet. And the, but because this is the best. The principle of multiplication. God's got his own math. Right? And we're thankful for that. But let's dive into the spirit of mammon. M-A-M-M-O-N. It's really a new term or a term that really came out in the New Testament when Jesus was talking about things. And he believed there was a spirit behind this. Mammon, what Jesus talked about, is, is basically unrighteous wealth. But there's other spirits of things. You can have a spirit of alcoholism. Those who have been, or even are dealing with now, There's a spirit behind it. Yes, it's a toxic scientific thing that can affect your brain, but once you're in it, there's a spirit that overhangs in it and will affect your life in ways you've never, ever imagined and don't see it until it's too late sometimes. There's a spirit of influence, especially in our culture. Influencers. But most of that spirits of influencers is just manipulation that point back to the person trying to influence, to make them look better. There's a spirit behind that. And then Jesus says, in dealing with finances and security and sourcing and, and all that, there's a spirit called mammon. Jesus said this in Matthew. I'm going to sit down most today, so... Jesus said in Matthew 26, 24. Can we read, put that up there? No one can serve two masters. Pastor, I don't serve any master. Let me continue. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. The aromatic aromatic word of, 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 of this mammon is 
is, is coveted riches. Coveted riches. There's a statistic that you may know well too, and um, if you've experienced it, I'd love to talk to you, but is that up to 70% of lottery winners blow their money and don't know where it went (laughs) within five years of them winning it. Robert Morris gives a good example of the spirit of mamma. And it's not essentially just money. It's what could build the wealth and security and power that, that we have underlining in, 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 our, in, our, in our humanity that we've been leaned to. We know we're all born into a fight, right? Good versus evil, all right? And we're born into this fight. But we lean more towards this mammon at times because we feel it, it brings security. And even if there's a benefit of power, that's good too. Robert Morris gives a great example in Genesis of remember the Tower of Babel. These Babylonians thought they were all that. And they put their riches into building this tower to reach the sky to heaven. Their own efforts. Their security that they had to build the resources to do this. And then God reminded them quickly that they were not God. And they did not create their security and you can't build something higher to reach me because I am above everything. And he, what did he do? He confused them with a different language and brought the tower down. You may not, have be, you may not be physically building a tower in your life, but there could be somewhere in your soul and your spirit that you're building these towers that, I got this. I can control it. I'm building this wealth or whatever that is to build me security and acceptance. The spirit of mammon is always opposed to God. Always. Always. When God says, trust me, we say, I will at some point, but I need to trust what I've done. And how relevant when we get to talk about finances does it begin to hit our heart deep? Revelations thirteen seventeen. We could camp here for a while. Can you put that up here? This is about spirit of mammoth. Robert Morris brings this scripture up, which was so good. And no one could buy, as time out future, the end times, and no one could buy or sell anything without that mark. We know that to be and believe the mark of the beast, which is either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Robert Morris gets into this and says, just focus on that. Buying or selling, that is a system, a man-made system. What are you trusting in when that may be our only hope to the world around us? Satan knows we're trusting in it because he's going to try and control that. So the spirit of mammon can buy into this idea of, of buying and selling. I like a good deal. Clearance, you go into a store, woohoo, I'll go and tell my wife, man, I paid $3 under retail. I didn't know what bargains, I'll be nice, but I didn't know what bargains were until I got married. I was always a retail shopper. But we get excited about that, right? We got a good deal. The retailer didn't get all my money. 
for what that was valued in. But it's a buying and selling. Whatever that value may be is what you find worth it. But the mark of the beast is going to leverage into that immensely. And you need to be at a place. God, I don't know when that's going to happen, but we're getting close. Every new day, we're getting closer to the end. We can say that. But you've got to know that, do I have a spirit of mamma where I've got to, I've got to, I've got to build a bunker out back by all the canned beans in the world, five generators. There are Christians like this. If you haven't met one, you may be that one. I'm sorry. But, but they really, I've, Pastor Chris, you've got you to gotta tell, look at all these deals. We can get five generators. We can go into a bunker, get the get pan, cans of beans. Don't forget the can opener. We can, we can protect ourselves. There's a spirit behind that that is not the spirit of God. Trust in the Lord with... Lean not to your... I'm not saying cans of beans are your own understanding, but building shelters and going to hide when we're supposed to be the light of the world. That's why you need to be very... This isn't... You need to be very cautious when you're hanging around Christians that want to build bubbles in a dying world outside that bubble. We're called to be the light in that. But Pastor Chris, it may cost me my life. I'm going to turn around and not look at anybody. Yes, it may cost you your life. We're going deep. There was a Savior that cost his life for you. Ah. But if you're not there yet, that's okay. I can't say I'm 100% there yet either. And we're growing in this together, but we know where God wants to take us. 1 Timothy 6.10, let's get back to money. For the love of, and I believe Pastor Ray used this scripture, for the love of money is the root, the root, root of power, stability, influence, of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. There's a lot there. Money is the root. And I know Pastor Ray said this too. I want to hit this home. Money is not bad. It can build the kingdom of God. It can help bring church communities together. When you're giving it, yes, it, 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 it builds this church. It pays for the lights. It helps send us checks, like I said earlier in the offering, to over 30-some-odd missionaries monthly to do the work of God around the globe. And in the communities around us as we're starting to build that here in our Jerusalem, Seekonk and abroad, things are we're, we're, we're using money to do that. So that's okay. This message is not for just the rich and poor. If we're talking, I'm just talking about finances, rich and poor. And if you're rich, that's great. That's great. Just be sensitive what God wants to do through you. If you're poor, that's okay. You're rich inside with some other knowing that God loves you and maybe he can bring you into places to grow and to be impactful where you are. I remember Michael Jr. Jun- uh, <laughs> Michael Jr. joke. 
We were so poor growing up. Thank you. So for our family portrait, this is Michael Jr. He's, he's such an um, amazing man. He says, we would drive through stoplights. <laughs> Some of you will get that on the way home, especially Rhode Islanders. <laughs> Cameras, stoplights. So it doesn't matter where, are you, where you are, this message is very, very relevant for your now. Pastor Ray talked about this, and I want to reiterate it. Money that is submitted to God and His purpose has God's Spirit behind it. It's not rocket science. And and giving to a church helps build His kingdom. As I said earlier, I don't think we have time for that. I'll jump. I'll just paraphrase. There's a a scripture in Luke where Jesus is doing a parable. Jesus spoke in many parables so he could bring home what he was talking to to who he was in front of of that time, right? And in this parable, it's called the shrewd manager. And and in Luke 16, he's talking about, I don't have time to go read the whole thing right now, but but this, this employer finds out that the manager has been jipping him and, and, and the balances that are coming in to the accounts payable are not what are really on the books. So the manager gets fired. He says, but, but before you're fired, I need you to collect all this debt that's still there. So the manager goes around to these vendors, we'll say today, and says, okay, if you owe my ex-employer now, which nice guy still stayed on to do this, but if you owe my ex-employer uh, $300, why don't you just give me two and we'll split the difference? And he was trying to make, he was trying to build influence with these debtors to the employer because he knew he may not have any place to live. He's lost it all. And at the end, the, the employer catches on and says, boy, you've got some, you're pretty bold to do this. But at the end, Jesus is, what his parable is about is we need to understand the spirit of mammon can only allow me, myself, and I to be the CEO in our life, the chairman of the board. So I'm always thinking about me, myself, and I. So he was trying to cut his employer out and be the middleman to benefit from them. And he thought he would have friends after that because he gave them a deal and they were nowhere to be found when he needed them for housing or just to build his life up. So what I'm saying is with finances, and if you don't have the spirit of mamma on you, you're looking to be a giver of character and make friends of influence the right way and have character is what Jesus was saying. But the spirit of mamma can pull us away from any character development. So I have this, these three questions as we come out of spirit of mammon, which is so important. To, to, to analyze and appraise, am I, do I have a, and, and don't be, as we talk with, as always, don't be, conde- I'm not condemning anything. I like to convict something, because we're all somewhere. So if you have the spirit of mammon on you, pray to God and what you need to do to surrender that. Because as we get further in these end times, and that's all you're holding on to is your dollar, Instead of the word of God or anything else that God has given you, you're not going to, 
God is not going to bring you into fulfillment of what he's called you to do in your purpose in life. So here's just three questions as we, we leave this. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought, if I only had money, I could solve that problem? Spirit of mammon. Two, what's, what are some of the small things that God has entrusted you with that you haven't been good stewards about? Could be a spirit of mammon. Three, are you finding your identity to what the balance of your checkbook is? Spirit of mammon. It's okay if you're there, but God doesn't want to keep you there. He wants you trusting in him being his full source of everything. Let's go to the next topic. Am I generous? I had to ask this question of myself if I'm going to talk about it in front of you folks. And there's been times I haven't been. And there's been times I have. But, but we're created by one of the greatest givers known to our humanity, which is God, who gave us breath. We sang about that. Gave us life. So if we are created in his image, we should have some component that wants us to be givers as well, right? And being generous. And I'm not just talking about money, so calm down. I'm just talking about money. I'm talking about your time, your energy, your expertise. Are you generous with any of those things that God has given you in that gift? Let's, let's give some examples to kind of bring generosity. If we think about movies, you have um, uh, Christmas Carol. You have Scrooge. Remember Scrooge? Now, yeah, beginning of the movie, bah humbug, right? All that fun stuff. By the end of the movie, he's very generous, right? You have Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest, run. Forrest Gump. He was very generous in his caring about the simplicity in others. Don't overlook simplicity in your life. I know he said life's about like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. There's truth in there. But, but, but there, he had a generous heart. Uh, the Blind Side, that movie, although it's being questioned now because of some things of the accuracy of it, but the premise was very generous. A loving family bringing somebody in to care for them and, and, and help that individual become what their purpose was in life and becoming better in life. And in this point, the outlet was football. Generosity. We should be a generous people if we're following Christ. The great master and savior was generous with his time while he was on earth here. He didn't care about interruptions. He, he went into them. How many times was Jesus focused on one thing but got interrupted to another thing and he was equally generous with his time and whether it was healing somebody or speaking life into somebody, he would be generous with our time. If you don't have time for something, I know this is a general statement. I question your generosity of your time. Just be careful. Don't put a rubber stamp on things. When people come, I, I just don't have time. Boom. Okay, well, maybe we don't make time. We know that. We can manage time. 
Are you generous with your time and others? When you go to the grocery store, are you thinking about others or just your grocery list? Who might you bump into in the produce aisle that maybe adore to pray or just share your light with somebody? Generous with your time. Generosity is, is, is there's, no, there's no levels of your generosity. It's what you have in your hand and what you have on your clock. Jesus talked about this in Mark 12, 41, 44. I do want to read this. He was teaching the disciples this. It says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all others who are making contributions. Just see the disciples like, what? No, I saw what went in the bucket there or whatever. Then he goes on, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Generosity is in the hands of the beholder who has what they have. It comes down to, and and I think Pastor Ray mentioned this too last week, it's a word we probably don't speak much about like we should, is the word obedience. Are you obedient to what God is calling you to do? You don't have to be, but there's a benefit to be obedient. Obedient is really the, 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 what, what moves the needle of your maturity in Christ as well, too. Do I say, yes, Master, yes, Savior, yes, Lord, whatever you're calling me to do? Because as we said earlier, if you begin to trust God, you begin to grow in that He has your best interest at all times. You may not understand that in front of you at the time, but you've got to understand He's looking to trust you. He didn't want a one-way relationship with humanity, Somebody get that. He didn't want a one-way... He didn't want that. I mean, how boring is that? We'd be robots. Yes, God, I'm in Eden. Yes. He wanted a two-way relationship. He's looking, yearning to trust you. And that comes through obedience. There's the amazing... Back to generosity. There's the amazing story. Uh, I, I believe it's in... Oh, where is it? I think it's John. Where... where, where Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. That's a big deal, right? We can agree to that. And then we continue to move on later at dinner that night uh, in Mary and Martha's uh, home. They're having dinner with Jesus. And we know most of the story. Mary begins to basically come to the foot of Jesus and pop open this expensive Chanel. Very expensive perfume, fragrance, oil. Some translate the oil. And pours it on Jesus' feet. Judas right away, little indicator that he had the spirit of mammon, says, what are you doing? We could have, he, then he converts into a religious activity, we could have got, take, sold this and, and fed more people. But at that moment, Jesus understood that Mary, he just raised Mary's brother from the dead. She is lavishing an extraordinary, generous gift to him which we, from the symbolic moment of him going to a cross, it was an atonement, it was a symbol of anointing 
what was happening in the days and, and months ahead for Jesus' life too. But Mary was a part of that. It started by her being extravagant in her giving to Jesus at that point. Are there areas, I want to give you that question, are there areas in your life where you've had the Holy Spirit say, I, I, I want you to do this? But the emotions start rising. Like I want to, whether it's money or time or commitment, and, and your emotions become the final decision in what you do. God created emotions. We need our passion for Christ and everything else. But emotions can also be opposite of what God wants to do if we live by them too much. But have there been areas where the Holy Spirit says, you know, I want you to give somebody money or I want you to, you know, that person really, I, I need you to stop before you walk to your car in the service is over. I know you run, follow me. The service is over. I know you run to your car so you don't have to say hi to anybody. But I want you to stop and say hi to that lady and give her a hug today and see what will happen. But my emotions like, oh, I got to get to the car. I got things to do. Imagine if Jesus said, I got other things to do. Be generous. Be generous. So important. Next, principle of multiplication. You accountants are leaning in, I know. One of the greatest miracles that God will do in your life is multiply things. I know Pastor Ray mentioned this too last week, and I've, we've been in this too many times. We're tithers, we're giving, and on paper sometimes, if we're talking about money right now, God's calling me to tithe, and then maybe the Holy Spirit's saying, I want you to do something else too on top of that, and on, on paper, it doesn't look like it can be done. But somehow, amen, almighty God, comes into your checkbook or online in your statement and makes things work out. That's because multiplication is at work. This is the greatest story, and Robert Morris references this as well, about multiplication. And we know, most of us may know this story well. Luke 9, 12 through 17. I want to read through it if I can. Late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him and said, send the crowds away to the nearby village and farm, so they were just had a meeting, so they can find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing to eat here in this remote place. Those disciples, you can just vision that, men of faith saying this. But Jesus said, you feed them. That's an opportunity, right? But we have only five loaves of bread and two fishes, they answered. Or are you expecting us to go buy, go buy enough food for the whole crowd? For there were about 5,000 men here. Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups of about 50 each. Jesus cares about numbers. So the people all sat down and Jesus took the five loaves and two fishes, looked upon towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fishes to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate 
as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Multiplication. Not much to work with. 5,000 folks. Jesus multiplied that. Robert Morris makes a great point here in two things, and it's in our own life. We may not be breaking loaves and handing out fishes, but we do in our finances do this. Ready? The first principle of multiplication is Jesus needs to bless it first. Second, he will only multiply what is given. So hear me out. If I look at this, again, we're talking about my right now. If I'm looking at this checkbook, say, I can't do that. Well, God can't multiply it then. I haven't taken anything to bless him and give it. So he can't work with what's already there. It hasn't been blessed. God is waiting to blow your doors off in your finances. Not be abundant and drive, and, and I'm raising money for a Learjet tomorrow. I mean, Nothing like that. I mean, just be blessed in your life where it's not a worry in your life. If more comes in, praise God. But he wants to do this. And this is at a different level. And we've committed to following Christ, but this is going a little bit higher. What are, where is your limit of trusting God? Some of you say, I can't afford to tithe. Those probably aren't the people here today, but then I would say you can't begin to trust him more. I'm not saying what I'm not, pre- I'm not practicing what I'm pre- not preaching or whatever that is. You know what I'm saying. These are things that God's waiting to, 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 to do in your life. And I would encourage you to lean into these things. God wants to multiply. I have many in this room. I could go and take a mic right now and they'd be test. I've heard some of them personally. Testimonies upon testimonies how God has called them out to do something and be faithful in something and God continued to multiply it. He's Jehovah Jireh. He was here before our currency, and it'll be far here after our currency. He knows all about it, and he's faithful. The breakdown of what we talked about before, and Pastor Ray went into this, tithe, it's, it's the first fruits, the tenth of what you just got, 10%. That's what God is asking of you. God gives you the 100%. I thought I'd get one Amen. God gives you the 100%. He's just asking for 10. He just wants the obedience. Can you do 10? Then there's, then there's offerings that go beyond that, where you're literally giving something more than you've been asked to. Whether we have special speakers here or, or just in other people's lives that you give or to the church, whatever. Just giving and doing that. And then finally, there's generosity gifts that that are at a whole other level. There's people that I've known who give people their cars. They live at this level. Robert Morris himself has given a house away. (laughs) I'm not saying look at them, but look at our God. There's levels of where are you willing to go. Will you go to heaven if you don't practice this or or, or live it out? Call Pastor Mike on Tuesday and he'll give you the answer. Yeah, probably. 
but you're missing out on a blessed life. Some of the things you're going through now, boy, this is a jump and shout message. Some of the things you're going through now are a result because you didn't do what you last heard to do. And it might have been something you had to be obedient to and may involve the giving of something. There's breakthroughs waiting. I'm not trying to be a televangelist. There's breakthroughs waiting that are waiting for you to hear, to, to act on what God's calling you to do and giving of something. Whether it's to the church or people, whatever. But we're locked in this spirit of mammon at times. That we think, I got to control what we are and I love God on Sundays, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but then, you know, he's, he's just asking too much. <laughs> asking too much? God wants to bless you. And just like anything else, especially in Christianity, there are bad apples. I do want to slowly end with this. Some of them are preachers, like I said earlier, televangelists. That, are, that, are, that, that, that may, let's give them credit. They may have started out well with, with believing they're called to do something. Well, they get on TV and things like that. But sometimes they can get too far out in God that when they look to the left and the right, they're, they're the only ones that have to support how far they got too out in God. And God's not with them. Always, and I've heard this in Kenneth Hagin, and my parents have said this, never get, don't get too far out in God. If you're behind God, it's a lot easier to catch up, right? But you get these people that are just money and, and raising, and, and, and they're still, there's still, uh, I got to go this, there's still some faith teachers that leverage this principle a little too much. Where God wants you so abundantly blessed. Mm, you you just, just got to be careful. Blessing for me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. I shouldn't have to beg to be added to me. And the adding is a wholeness that we said earlier, like back to an Eden-like environment in our life where, I'm, where there's health, there's stability, there's peace, there's financial resources. There's a wholeness, a shalom in my life. That's where God wants to lead. If he doesn't, if you've been fortunate, you're a very wealthy billionaire, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. I just say, just make sure you're seeking God and you're not trusting in that. Most likely you're not if you're a Christian. You can, you can do that. God blesses us. Such an important part. And this is what it comes down to as we land this plane. The landing gear's out. This is all about worship. I know we sang it earlier. See, in war, if your life is of worship, a life of worship following Christ, you begin to behold Him at moments in your life. You begin to see the awness of God in moments in your life. You begin to fear Him in moments of your life, that He is all-consuming presence. Gordon talking about all-consuming of who he is. You're, he's revealing himself to you more and more because he's trusting you more. And this is through your worship. And when you're in a life of worship, it warrants a response every time. And my question to you is in the worship, 
and giving and, and, and these things we've talked about, the blessed life, what is your response to this worship of living a life of worship? Does that make sense? And the closer we get to worshiping him, and it's not just the music, it's in our acts and our lives, it's a part of it. It's in our spending time in the word, not just reading it, it's in our prayer. It's in connecting and sharing and being obedient when God tells us to do things. That's worship, a life of worship. He's almighty God, and he deserves a response. And it's an organic response. It's not a, a, a dictator to, to a slave or something. It's, it's an organic response because he loves us. You can't talk about any of this stuff without the word love. And he loves us. He's a father, an Abba father, a holy father, and a loving father. They're all in the same. And when we get to experience that love, we offer a response like, Lord, here I am. I surrender my heart to you. Whatever you want in my life, I know is best for me and best for you. Speak to me through your Holy Spirit daily to serve you, to help build your kingdom. We don't talk about kingdom enough. We will be moving forward. Kingdom. On earth, there's going to be a kingdom. That's a whole other message, but why don't we stand? Mm. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just the loving Father you are. And for those that are here or online that may not be able to say, I know you're a loving Father yet, speak to them through your Holy Spirit. Give them opportunities and steps to come closer to you. To come closer to you so you can can reveal more of yourself to them. Lord, begin a pursuit in our lives that we want to follow you, Christ, and become more like you. Here on this earth, 2024 and beyond, that we become more like you. Well, we trust this message of last week and this week. It's, it can be a challenging message for some, and that's okay. That's okay, because then that pricks us to know where we are at times. Minister to us, Lord, because you know where we are 24-7, seven days a week. Let us be vulnerable with you, God, and say, I'm just not there yet, or Lord, I trust you fully. Wherever you are, step out. Just step out and be vulnerable with your God, your heavenly Father. He loves you so much. Lord, in areas that we may be holding on to things that we think we may even have control on. Let us begin to worship you more and and begin to surrender things more in our lives to you alone. Whether it's finances, whether it's our time, our energy, maybe it's attitudes that keep us from getting this blessed life where we trust you and you trust us more. Let us surrender it at the foot of the cross. Lord, as your your apostle said, we died with Christ. Our sins on the cross. We can come boldly into the throne of grace where you can clothe us in your righteousness to do what you call us to do. Just silence for a minute and keep playing, though. Just examine right in this moment. 
Is there any areas that you can begin to surrender to God? Surrendering so powerful. <laughs> it exchanges the idea that, that my creator can take the wheel. You don't need us, God, but you want us. Surrender it all to him. Lord, if there's breakthroughs around the corner, shifts in our heart, shifts in our lives, shifts in our worship for good worship, continue to bring that out in us through your Holy Spirit and know that it is all about you and that there's freedom awaiting us in the things of God that we can trust you and you can begin to trust us, to bless us and work through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I love you. God loves you more, but I mean, let me just make sure there's nothing else in this moment here. Oh, one other thing. I know we're one. This is... You know I like doing this. I won't sing the song, but I just want to read a little bit out of this. This comes down to just giving things away, our heart and what have you. There's a powerful song. Michael W. Smith, just amazingly, we're singing it. He wrote this song, and I'll just read some of it, about giving. It says, There was a man who walked on water. He came to set the people free. He was the ultimate example of what love could truly be. Because his love was his life, He gave it away. You got to give it away.